please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. They work hard, they play hard, and they brought the receipts. Cover your ears. This is Soundwaves EMI. Hey everybody, Soundwaves TMI, and uh, boy, it's a weird one this week. It's a weird one. <laughs> I think this might be my fault. <laughs> it, it's oh, not boy. even just today. I mean, today's weird, but this started a couple of days ago and maybe a week ago. Um, and yeah, maybe it is your fault, Chasta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, when did all this, this weird shit start happening? Hmm. Okay, so I went to New Orleans. That's always a good sign of a great story when you right. start with that way to New Orleans. Okay, so full disclosure. I mean, everyone, if you know me, and you guys know me extremely well, um, if you know me well, you know that I like all things spooky and dark, and I love cemeteries, and I love ghost tours, and I, I just really love all that stuff. Always have, always will. So I go to New Orleans, and of course, we go and do a couple of those types of things, because when we're in New Orleans, I always have to go to a cemetery, because I got to see my friends in NOLA. And we did this time around something different that we had never done, which was a pub a ghost pub crawl super fun <laughs> highly good. recommend yeah 10 out of 10 so but here's where i went wrong and i love that steven as soon as i told you guys this uh, story on saturday steven goes i mean you know better and you're right i do know better so buyer beware um all right so this is graphic i will say disclaimer 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 if there are children around you should know better by now but get them away because this is um gory details in this story but it's important for you to understand for the full effect here so we go in this pub crawl and the very first place this guy takes us is to the omni hotel and he says to our little group of 10 people he goes is anybody staying at this hotel and Jay and I were like, you know, we raise our ho- our hands that we stayed there the last time we were in New Orleans for my 40th birthday. And he goes, oh, well, let me tell you the story. So apparently there was a couple. This is all true, by the way. It's like a true crime thing. So there was a couple whenever Katrina happened, they were a young couple that survived Katrina. And for whatever reason, they sort of became the face of Katrina. They were on CNN and all the news sites and always interviewed and er- the world kind of fell in love with them and was keeping up with them. And they were like the darlings of of surviving Katrina. Well, apparently that had a bad and ill effect and got to their heads and they ended up in a horrible, horrible ending with the guy, the husband, um, going to the pool bar at the hotel I had stayed at, the Omni, and drinking and then just casually walking to the side of the building and jumping off the side of the building to his death. When they found the guy, they went back to his apartment and found his lovely bride cut into bits and in boiling pots of water. Yikes. Yeah. So he had killed her and then went and killed himself. So our guide says, and I quote, I dare you to take a picture of where the guy jumped off the building. (laughs) And I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. For for those of you who can't see us, I'm shaking my head right now. (laughs) And I want to make sure that I'm super clear on this. I normally am the most respectful person to the dead. Like, you're not going to find anybody more respectful. I go into cemeteries. I am very, very, very quiet and respectful and always like always. But the reason I took the photo was because I had stayed at this hotel with a group of my family members and I wanted to text them and go, you're not going to believe this shit. And And let's be real. You were on a pub crawl. And I had had a beer. Uh, that is fair. That's a fair mm-hmm. statement. I had had a beer, so my judgment super. It was it wasn't super on. So I take the photo, and my phone immediately goes whoop and dead, like a brick. 
And I turned to our guide and I'm like, uh, my phone just went dead. And he goes, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and I was like, okay, on to the next pub. And so I, the rest of the night, my phone wouldn't turn on. And it didn't turn on until I fully charged it till the next morning. But it wasn't even like, it wasn't even about to die. Ever since then, my phone has not acted right. It has frozen constantly. I've had to reboot it. All the apps get frozen. It drops calls. Everything is on it is jacked. Then this past weekend, on Saturday morning when we were filming Soundwaves, I woke up and I felt like I had been hit by a train. Mm. Like everything about me, I felt like I just had, it was like I was wearing sandbags. I couldn't like move. My energy was zapped. It was like somebody had just sucked the life out of me, literally. And you guys were with me all day Saturday. You know, mm -hmm. I'm usually Mrs. Like Energizer Bunny. I had nothing to give. Then Saturday night, I get home three o'clock in the morning. I wake up in the witching hour, by the way. And I wake up and there is this ominous feeling on my husband's side of the bed, like over on the other side of the bed. And it was so intense that I couldn't even make myself look because I was like, He's there. Something's there. I'm I, I'm about to lock eyes with something. I'm like, screw it. <laughs> and I'm a pretty brave girl when it comes to this stuff. No, thank you. I put on my eye mask. I pulled the covers up over my head. And I was like, F it. Oh, earplugs the whole nine. I was like, I don't want to hear, see, or whatever that feeling is. And so I woke up the next day and Jay was like, my side of the bed, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and then all day Sunday, I, it took everything I had to get my like body back to normal. And even today, I feel like I'm just really sluggish. Well, you missed part of the story there. So after you left and I had the honor of telling you this when I saw you oh, on Saturday this night. Is crazy. Yes. So um, we have two studios when we shoot sound waves. We have the main room where all the hosts go. And then we have a side studio. We're still trying to come up with a name for uh, uh -huh. it may be the blue room. We'll see. But it's our solo studio. And if you've seen the show, you know that there's not a whole lot of room back there. But what's cool about it is that we've got, you know, we got a fridge and we got a coffee maker and we've got shelves with things that represent us, which are kind of off to the right side, not really on camera, but then we have some monitors and stuff. And so Morris was doing his solos back there. So I'm back there and we're running some lines and he, we're recording and we're getting a bunch of episodes done. And then something out of the corner of my eye catches uh, my attention. Now, uh, Steve, your daughter Lois painted these very lovely, um, adorable, yeah, they're great. For our 100th anniversary, we 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 each got these paintings that represent us. And they're kind of like our outline, our little silhouettes of ourselves to represent us. So they're on each of our shelves. Well, Chasta is on the top, the top shelf. And all of a sudden, what caught my attention was her painting going whoop, off the shelf, taking a nosedive. And I was like, oh, who's going to tell her that? <laughs> <laughs> that is so... That I mean, after the way I felt on Saturday, that's so creepy. And even weirder is like if I go back and I try to think about Saturday, because I was with you guys from like 11 a.m. to maybe, I don't know, three or four or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I barely have memory of that. Like, I honestly like I, I, I remember Steve giving me like a towel. I remember us sitting at the table. I couldn't tell you what conversation we had. I couldn't tell you really how I did or or any of the actual filming itself. In fact, when Dennis sent me today that full episode that he had edited from some of our work, I, when he, when I opened the screen, I went, oh, my God, I look dead in the eyes. Like, I don't even I look at myself. I don't even feel like I look like me. Like, it's 
fucking excuse well, me I freaking me out I, I i wouldn't go that far you know i mean i think we all were a little tired steve and i certainly were because we were up drinking whiskey until 2 30 in the morning <laughs> you have an excuse i wish uh, yeah. i had an excuse <laughs> that wasn't i'm like god i can't even say the words i don't even want to say the words like i, I can't because but it it's definitely out. trippy it's definitely like hmm you know like should we call a ghostbuster i know i mean i, I I know I'm sure a lot of people are like rolling their eyes or mocking it because if you don't believe you don't believe and that's fine and I don't ask anyone to I'm never pushy about that I don't ever try to convince anybody but I'm like getting a little nervous about myself well so so what have you done to mitigate all of this Sunday after I woke up after the 3 a.m thing I saged the house I have sage and Palo Santo in my house um and so I saged sage gets rid of the bad and then Palo Santo invites the good so basically Palo Santo I burned to to bring my my angels that I believe that I have into my home extra protection and all that so that feels good and then you know I I have been holding on to some crystals in fact I have one right right here beside me in my hand you can't see but in my hand um that I've been holding on to for the last day or so just to try to get some of that energy back because that's the energy piece has been the worst um but other than that i don't i don't know i mean i don't know i'm i'm super creeped out by it and i also like feel really i feel like really bad about it because i'm normally not that person that's like oh ha ha like i just don't do that and the one time i do i mean i i kind of like get what i deserve i guess (laughs) you know well well okay so let's deconstruct a little bit anyway um Feeling crappy after coming home from a long ass trip. Not much of a surprise. You yeah. know, I mean, it does take you a little time to get back back. You know, uh, the the power of belief, of course, is a is a very strong thing. Now, me, sure. you know, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of the Fox Mulder of the group here because Dennis ain't into that sort of, you know, you know, who who kind of stuff. Right. And Jasta, you're all the way at the other end of the scale. Me, I'm like <laughs> Fox Mulder. I, I want to believe. Right. You know, I mean, I watch all the, uh, you know, all the ghost hunting shows and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I've always been of the impression of. Well, they, they, you know, they'll start by walking into a place and, oh, well, we saw the, this, this free floating apparition of torso and, you know, I, but it never gets on camera. Never, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody mm-hmm. and their brother's got a, a, a camera, you know. Yep. Um, but we've never seen that. And there's little shadows or this or that, but there's never the big thing, the big reveal. The never full happened. bodied apparition. Yeah. You yeah. just never see it. Now. And even if, you know, your eyes can see it because you can perceive it, but your camera can't or something, like that, it's not like they go, oh, my God, look, it's standing right there and it's not there on the camera, whatever. Right. Power suggestions, a you know, a strong thing. You know, you could be mind fucking yourself into a whole bunch of this kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt it's possible. You know, and and your, your your picture falling over. OK, well, you know what? That earlier that day, I rearranged the stuff on the shelves and your picture and all of our pictures are standing up. With a little something next to it to hold it in place. Now, right. walking around in there, you know, could have could have fallen over. Yep. Not to say that that's the case, though. But let's you know, let's before, let's keep debunking. <laughs> keep debunking. Keep your keep your mind open. I do think, however, and we talked about this before. You know, we've talked about uh, trying to get somebody to come in and and go through the place. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's a good idea. I also uh-huh. think you should get a, a squirt gun with some holy water and keep it at your bedside <laughs> table because this whole, you know, oh, the Titanic's going down. See you, Jay. I'm, you know, I got my life vest on and I'm going to go jump in the lifeboat over here. <laughs> I know. I think so, too. I mean, it, it truly it, yeah, it truly freaks me out because like I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm not sitting here thinking that there's like. I don't know that I feel like demons are coming to like do anything like possession or anything like that. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to go that dark with it, but what I will say is I, I know that I am very susceptible to energy, good, bad, Mm -hmm. 
it, it doesn't really matter, but I just, I feel it like, and I have a really strong intuition. Mm-hmm. And so I also kind of, I, I said this to you, um, I believe on Saturday night, like I, I feel like New Orleans, I was walking through cemeteries and I was walking through these really old places with all of these this history and all this juju and into witch shops and voodoo shops and mm-hmm. every bit of it, right? For five days. Yep. And I kind of like feel like I was just gathering all of this energy up mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. piling it onto myself and then just expected to be unfazed. <laughs> yeah. That's not how I work, apparently. <laughs> I mean, it's like walking through cobwebs. You're gonna pick up little bits right. and pieces and stuff like that, and it's gonna it's gonna cling to you. And I and I get that. So I would love if- to talk to like an energy um healer. Like of some sort mm-hmm. or like, you know, there's a name for that. And I'm blanking. See, my brain has just been fogged. Well, let me lately. ask you this. So you're really attracted to New Orleans and that place has a vibe. It's got an energy to it. And we the word energy keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like when you get off the plane when you're walking around in New Orleans? Like what's different there that you feel that's that, that from here? You know, I feel like when my feet touch the ground there, I feel like there's like literal roots growing out of my feet. Hmm. Like I, for some reason, Jay and I have, have deduced that I must have been like, I must have had a past life or I'm connected to something real there Mm -hmm. um, because it's so strong. I feel like the places that I walk into, I feel like I've seen before. I have tons of deja vu when I'm there and I don't normally have that kind of thing. Um, And I've traveled all over the world and trust me. I love a lot of places. I love a lot of places outside of this country. A lot of places I feel like home. I could move mm-hmm. to Thailand tomorrow. I could move to India tomorrow. Pe- places I love, but nothing feels like New Orleans. For some reason, I just feel like I'm home. I get mm. there and I'm like, ah. and I, and I just don't know. I don't know. I would love to get like a past life reading that really you know, explain something like that. And I'm not even a hundred percent sure that I believe in past lives or forward lives or any of that. Like that's, it's still a big question mark for me, but I do feel like there's some extreme connection to that place that I can't, I can't quite crack. It's so you know what's interesting. Steve just kind of, you know, painted me as the ultimate skeptic and I wouldn't exactly even go that far. I would just say that when it comes to ghosts, past lives, religion, a lot of that stuff, my go-to position is like, all I know is what I know. And I know You're that I exactly don't know like a lot. Jay, by the way. Yeah. You're exactly. Yeah. 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 That's how aliens, you know. UFOs. You know what? Just because it hasn't been in front of me doesn't mean that I don't believe that it could exist. It right. just means I haven't seen it. I haven't experienced it. And that that's not to say that's not to take away from anybody else's experience with any of this stuff. So I'm open. I'm ready. I'm like, let's party. Show me something. Let's, yeah. you know, because I want to believe that there's something else beyond us beyond the planet and beyond our plane of existence. I mean, you see the way, you know, plants and animals and, you know, there's a symbiotic connection between all of us and us dumb humans just keep devolving. I would love (laughs) to believe that there's something beyond all of us on whatever plane, you know? Yeah. When I first met Jay almost 20 years ago, he was very much the guy that is like we die and we turned into bugs and right. and, dirt and earthworms like he it was it was as black and white as possible. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're born. We come here. We do our thing. We go into the dust and that's it. There's no there's nothing else. And since he I'm not saying that I've like 
touched him or anything like that in any sort of way. I'm just saying since he's had he's been forced to live with me for <laughs> for 17 years, he's definitely changed his his ways in in the way that he thinks because he notices my energy and my intuition and things that I pick up on and how susceptible I am to that. I mean, he's seen several occasions, one of the most extreme occasions. You know what? We should have him on the podcast one day to tell the story about how mm. <laughs> how my intuition saved us from almost getting killed um, on a hike one time um, because I was it, we had gone up. This is the very for, short version because he has to tell it in grand detail. Nobody can tell it like he can because he thought I was absolutely batshit crazy. But we had uh, gone on PCT, um, the big coastal trail. It's between Mexico and Canada. It goes mm. all the way up. And we did 18 miles of it. And we went 10,000 feet camping. It was crazy. And we get up there. And we were up there one night. And we got up the next morning. And I was like, we got to go home. He's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, we just got here. We just hiked 18 miles. No. And I was like, no, we have to go home. I don't know why. I, I don't. We have to get we have to pack our bags and go home right now. And he was like, oh, all right. OK. And so we packed all our shit that morning as soon as we woke up and went back down. And then a huge storm hit that night and the whole side of the mountain flooded out and washed down and we would have been stranded. We would have died up there. Wow. No questions asked. Damn. So he's definitely there have been a few moments like that in our lives where he's been like, OK, there's something go there's something going on. I don't know what that was. That mm -hmm. is. Um, but it goes back to my great grandmother uh her mabel mize was her name and she was known by others to be a witch those were her, their words not hers she certainly didn't want to be and she didn't want to have any affiliation with that um but she had extreme intuition like she had she had predicted three people's deaths two of them were her brothers and told them not to do what she knew they were going to die of that day and they did it anyways and died oh, wow so you know, so when and I never met her, by the way, she had passed on before I was I was born, which also may explain some things. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so there's definitely something between her and I, because when I was born, everyone my whole life has been like, oh, my God, you're Mabel reincarnated. You are like Mabel. You like it's so weird. So I don't know. I, I would love to talk to somebody who, you know, kind of does this stuff for a living, because I do think there's a there there. I just don't know what it is. Well, and, and you you're tuned in, I think. More so. I, it, and it may not necessarily be a matter of you willing yourself or opening yourself up to stuff like that, because I know like some people with um, that are worried about like messing with Ouija boards and stuff like oh, that. Oh, I would never. I just, would never. Yeah, just as a for instance, you know, hey, it's a toy that we made to do this thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? Uh, there's enough people that that talk themselves into, you know, and is it because they've talked themselves into it or that they've opened a door that's allowed something to go through, whether it's because of this thing that they bought at the toy store or not? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. This physical thing doesn't do it. It's what you do with it that matters. Right. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. And the the energy that you have, you know, you're like a radio station. You know, you change mm -hmm. the dial a little bit and you can pick up this station that maybe nobody else is listening to. They're not, they're, you know, that seems to be something that I think might be part of what your uh, what your deal is because you yeah. do because you're very you're very sensitive you're very caring you're 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 always connected you mm -hmm. always seem to be connected with everything around you and everybody around you 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 feel the room mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, just being that kind of a person that that is open like that maybe that's why things go oh wait a second she's she sees me she's she open me. <laughs> I'll go to her <laughs> knack knack.
I'll, I'll lay on top of her husband and go. Yeah. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> wow. How you doing? It, it's funny because I've always like I joke about it because it's the only way I know to deal with it because I'm scared of opening that door and igno- yep. and really acknowledging it. Like my my grandmother, I think, had that door open, but it was against her will, sort of like I don't think she really wanted any of that. And I most certainly do not want any of that. I don't I don't ever want to be able to predict anything. This is how the whole why Chasta why thing came about on the bone Mm. for people who listen to the bone. This is this is exactly how that started four years ago when they rolled me into doing the damn celebrity death pool, which I hate is just a horrible game. Um, but I started doing it and I, I won like three years in a row or whatever. And, um, you know, and that, that's kind of where that came from. And so it's kind of a joke on the bone, but in my real personal life, it's actually like something I don't want. The, I don't want that door open. I don't mm-hmm. want to have mm-hmm. any kind of quote unquote ability because it scares me, terrifies me. Well, wow. Cause then what if you know something that you don't want to know and you, and then do you have some obligation to let that person know you know what i mean oh, like right. I just, sure sure yeah no thank you you know and a lot of people aren't really open to that once you become that person and we know a few people you know we've met see people who are like hey let me tell you something about your life and you're like yeah. come on yeah <laughs> yes right and then people a lot of people are like oh god that crazy person again or whatever i mean you know or I have friends that do uh, psychic readings and I have friends that do like tarot cards and stuff. And they they deal with a a certain amount of stigma from that Mm -hmm. just because it's not fully understood. And it's not something that's, you know, readily talked about and accepted by everyone, I guess. But I'll agree with Steve. You are completely connected. I mean, I've been with you when you just go, ooh, you know, and like something shifts for you. Like we're just sitting there talking on the set or something and you look around and go, man, did you feel that? Like Mm. it's just the vibe changes, you know, and I'll even Mm -hmm. go so far to say that, you know, not that I'm, you know, like uh, starting anything or talking, you know, whatever, telling stories, but, you know, like we get along great, you and I. We get along like expertly. Like you're one of my greatest relationships in terms of like there's just no problems. But the few times we have had a problem, it's been at a moment where one of us is heightened, probably mm-hmm. me, and mm-hmm. you pick up on it and mm-hmm. you're heightened. Mm-hmm. And it just goes boom. Right? Yeah, and because the like, energy feeds it like feeds. That's off exactly of it. it. That's yeah. exactly it. You yeah. tap into that energy and you feel itself like somebody brings something into the room. And I when I became a parent, I actually this I I I, I learned this. You know, you walk in, you're in a grumpy mood, you know, oh, what a crappy day, stomp, stomp, whatever, right? And but you become aware of the energy that you bring home. Mm-hmm. And there was mm-hmm. a moment when I did that, when I was just like, oh, I just brought this energy home. And now my wife's grumpy and my kids in a weird space and and it's kind of like we all have this transfer. I that I totally believe in because oh, I've yeah. experienced it. We we bring this transference of energy, positive or negative. Yeah. And it's just you know it's easy to throw a vibe off a room just by bringing something shitty into it. You know. Oh God, yeah. Energy. I mean, just on that like sort of surface level of energy, it right. is. I mean, positive and or negative, it can completely change the dynamic of an entire room. Yeah. And I mean, the yeah. only way it won't is if you have people that are just completely oblivious and or self-consumed. <laughs> They're out there, too. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing with when you when you've got that that energy that that's cranking around like that. Um, and who's to say that it's the energy of of the living, the, the people right. that are in the room right now, you know, right. because some of the stuff that has happened up at Green Room, mm. you know, right, right. Um, you know, the, that energy is coming from someplace. And, you know, we, we all know the whole, you know, energy can't be created or destroyed. It just is. So when you die and your energy, you know, you don't, it's not just flipping off a light switch. You know, maybe biologically it might be t- turning off that that switch. 
when your cells stop doing their thing, but uh, your energy, that's something else again. Steve, I'm glad you said that. That's always my first question to somebody who's like, yeah, not possible. I'm like, where does it go then? Mm -hmm. Because if you're a scientist, the number one rule in science is that energy is not created or destroyed. So where does it go? All this energy. You have somebody who lives a whole lifetime with interactions and love and relationships and experiences and memories. And you're telling me that all that just goes to nothing. It just dissipates like smoke in the air. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that's true. Um, but that's that's actually how Jay kind of I don't want to say came around because it's not his side versus my side. But that is sort of the question that made him start really thinking about Oh, yeah. I mean, where does that energy go? You know, and, and and Jay has been lucky, knock on wood, that he hasn't lost a lot of close people in his life. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I have had a ton of death in, in my family and friendship groups and young people dying that I knew. And so I've had to experience a lot of that dissipation of energy or energy transfer, like, you know, trying to figure out where that person has gone and or feeling them, um, you know, forevermore. And uh, so I, I think as he gets older and experiences that, that could add to his opinion on it, if you will. Well, that's a trippy thing, too. I mean, I've I've certainly been to funerals and I'm tell me if you've had the same experience. You're at the funeral, you're thinking about the person and then you think about that person as if they were there and you can feel them. Oh, sure. You know, oh, yeah. oh, and I'm yeah. like, that's it's both it's it's kind of comforting in that moment as well as being sad. But I'm like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Is that person still hanging around? Mm -hmm. You know, is that energy still there? Oh, yeah. I've told you guys that I and I want to say this respectfully because I don't know his family. But when we moved, when I moved to Pacifica, <clears throat> we lived over in another part of Pacifica called Manor. And uh, Jay had had a rental house. It was um, he had moved back from Oakland and he found this rental that was uh, furnished and was a, an immediate opening because a guy had passed away there. Now, the guy had no immediate family in the area. He had been there for a couple of days before he was found. And so it was, you know, a sad situation. His family came in from out of state. They dealt with the 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 house, put it up on the market, but didn't move any of his stuff out. And so I cannot tell you when I say we had a Casper the Friendly Ghost situation in that house. <laughs> holy Lord, Dennis was so much, which is so weird that now I have such a close Dennis in my life because <laughs> we talked about Dennis all the time. Really? Uh, we had a roommate. I mean, it was it was so clear and so apparent. He would communicate with us through like like uh, like at Christmas time. I had this little wind up box and it would go off all the time. And if we would reference him, I mean, all kinds of it was constant to the mm -hmm. point where we even had a an investigator from. Uh, do you remember the show Paranormal State on yeah. A&E? Yep. Um, yeah. They had us on one of the episodes. This is a long time. Oh, ago. really? I'm yeah. Like. 12 years ago or 13 years ago. look that one up. Yeah, but it was it was on the first season. I don't know how many seasons of that show actually made it, but it was on the first season of that show. Um, but anyways, they came. And basically what they explained, and this is a very scientific way of looking at the energy thing we're talking about. So this guy lived alone. And one of the most prominent times I saw him, I've told you guys this story, haven't I? I, haven't, I don't think I've told it on the podcast. I don't think I've heard this part. Oh, shit. Well, then I'll start from the beginning. Okay, so... <laughs> So I'm there. I hadn't moved in with Jay at this time. I actually lived in Los Angeles, but I would drive up and back and forth almost every weekend. And so I came up one night and I was in the bathtub and we were about to go out, but it was still daytime. It was like six o'clock, right? In the summer. And I'm in the bathtub, but the door was open um, and I could see down the hallway and into the living room and kind of towards the kitchen. So I could see basically if you walked in the front door towards the kitchen, you would have to pass over the hallway, which is where I was looking. And so I'm getting ready. I'm shaving my legs, all that kind of stuff. And I look over and I see 
a man walk in our house as if he walked in the front door and walked towards the refrigerator. And I screamed, obviously, because it was a man with dark, curlyish hair. And I mean, I could see him as just as if any man walked into our house. Now, we had a friend at the time. His name was Jason Lucero, who looked like this guy. So I yelled at Jay, Lucero's here. And I was trying to close the door because I'm naked in the tub. And so Jay's like, what? And he takes off running. He's looking all over the house, can't find anything, doesn't hear a door open or close, nothing like that. He grabs this, um, what do you call it? Like, it's not a vase, but uh, over a candle, like a hurricane lamp, mm-hmm. lantern yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. He grabs it in the bathroom and is like walking all around the house, checks everything. There's nothing there. That was the most prominent part of Dennis that we ever saw. And so I didn't know who Dennis was yet. This is pretty early on. So I told Jay, I was like, look, this is what he looked like. I drew out what he looked like, my stick version of it. And I was like, I don't know who this was. I don't know what this was, but this is what this man looked like. So he took it to our landlord, our manager. And he was like, well, that's exactly what Dennis looked like. Hmm. And he had just died there not even six months earlier. So that was when I had contacted Paranormal State on A&E and they investigated. And basically what they said is that I saw an energy loop. It, like a re- residual appearance. A residual, right? yes, exactly. Yeah. Like residual energy. Basically that that guy had walked that path a million times to and from the couch front door area to the fridge and back. And that all I was seeing was that energy stuck on repeat. Mm, I have chills mm-hmm. all over my body as I'm telling you this. I haven't told wow. this for a long time. And that made sense to me. They were like, he mm-hmm. didn't interact with you and he didn't. I didn't even see his face. Um, and they were like, you know, you can, you can see that sometimes. Like there are... Uh, it's like almost like a break in the portal or like two planes happening at once kind of thing. I'm not explaining it the way they did. They were scientists. But anyway, um, and, they, and that's what they said. And it made sense to me. And I was like, OK, and nothing bad ever happened. It was just very clear he was there. Well, the, part of that, too, is the fact that you were sensitive enough, enough to see it now. Right. You know, not to put a picture in anybody's head, but if Jay was in the tub with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you guys were both looking down the hallway at the same time. You yeah. might have seen it and he wouldn't. And he may not have. Yeah. Right. Right. That's true. It was it was wild. So I have a ton of stories like that. So I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what any of it is. And probably by the time I pass on and want to come back and tell you, boys, what's up? I'm not going to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I swear, I'll just I'm going to haunt the shit out of everyone just to try to prove that I can. Yeah, I don't know. See, if, if Houdini couldn't do it, I don't even know if the, the great and powerful chest. Will be able to do it, you know? <laughs> well, I'm just kind of thrilled that when we decided to do a podcast, I thought we were going to be talking about sound waves, but we've covered AI, Sorry. ghosts, you know, what else have we? And I'm just waiting for the Bigfoot episode. You know, <laughs> well, don't forget, my son's going to be going up the the Cal Poly Humboldt. Humboldt, that's, that's right. Country, yeah. so. <laughs> that's right. That is that is Sasquatch territory. Yep. Oh man, <laughs> we got a field reporter now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you though, I do think we we should do something uh, up at Green Room. I think. I mean, I, I mean, I I already started the conversation with a paranormal group in Pacifica. And they're uh, they're hooking us up with uh, Lloyd Auerbach, who Dennis and I worked with about 100 years ago. Oh, you did. I didn't know we'd gotten that far in this conversation. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great news. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So we yeah, absolutely. I'm going to reach back out to him and uh, make a connection. And uh, maybe we can see about doing something uh, this season where we can do a do a do an episode. <clears throat> Halloween episode. Well, I was going to say the only problem with Halloween episode is then people think it's hokey and they don't take you seriously. It almost might be interesting to do it when it's completely not Halloween, Mm -hmm. especially after something has really happened and we felt some stuff going on. Right. I don't know. That's just my thought. I mean, a Halloween episode is always fun, obviously, but I just wonder about the legitimacy of it. Mm, You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But it's I, funny I, you're reminding me. There was Steve and I were up um, when we used to do sound waves on our on the Access Channel. They moved up to a big school, this big old creepy ass empty elementary school, and it was just too much too much room for such little station. And so we would wander around all the time and it was just stuff was left all over the place. And we found some really creepy ass stuff. I mean, so here we all are in our early twenties and, you know, not necessarily drinking all the time, but you know, kind Mm -hmm. of a loose creative environment as it were. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and there, (laughs) so uh, a couple of weird things. So uh, we had keys to everywhere, but like the station was, in these rooms but you could go into that part of the school that was closed and so we would we explored that whole place and so you go into there and it's brick and it's classrooms and stuff like that but there was this one place in one room steve i don't know if you remember this but it was cold in the center of the room and it's mm-hmm. like when you step in any direction it's just like but when you walk through the swamp it's like is there a breeze it's like no this one place was just cold Mm. And I thought that was interesting, but that's not the end of the weirdness. So next to the stage, there was this little area where the lights are and stuff. And it's very tall, tall, tall ceiling. And when you look up and what was it like two stories up, maybe? I mean, it was it was pretty tall. And so you look straight up and there's a door. Like and so you you, so of of course we got out this big ass ladder, Mm. climbed to the top of it and you there's a doorknob and you and then the door swings down. So, of course, we had to go up into this little area, right? Lord, (laughs) you're way braver than I. I don't think I would have done that. And when we got up there, it was partially finished. Uh, It was like this little room up there was partially finished. But somebody put like one of those little tiny kindergarten chairs up there. Oh, hell no. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nope. I'm out. I'm out. Nope. I don't do child ghosts. No, thank you. But wait, there's more. So (laughs) one night, Steve and I were up editing like all night, like the sun was coming up. Right. It was time to go. And we were in the same car. Um, And so he headed out and I went to go hit the alarms. And if all the doors aren't closed, what happens is it's like, oh, you know, zone whatever is, you know, like whatever. And you have to go check it and make sure the door's closed. Mm -hmm. So. All the lights in this place are off. Like imagine an elementary school and you're in the office and all mm-hmm. the lights are off. Mm-mm. Right. And I so I've seen too many scary movies for that. Oh, yeah. Shit. So I hit the alarm and it's like zone, whatever. So now I got to go check the doors and there's only two or three doors. It could be. And I don't think anything of it. And I'm tired. And I walk into the cafeteria in the dark all the way to the where this little area is where up right up right above us is the door with the spooky kid seat because one of the doors was right there i push on the door and it doesn't move so i turn around to go and as i'm going i hear the door open mm-hmm. and so i can't see anything because it's in the dark but mm-hmm. i can hear it opening oh. and i must have was like, I was like who's there you know <laughs> And I kicked the door and I slammed it closed and I got the fuck out of there. But I was and did you like, run like all hell? And and then and then the door was fine. And then the door was like, okay, all all zones are good. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm out of here. That is so <laughs> effing creepy. By the way, where was that? It was up on top of the hill. There's actually a school there again now. Oh uh, yeah. So they they haunted school. school. Yeah, I know, right? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh my god. Because the reason I ask is I was at Oddstad School. We went to the parking lot at Oddstad School yesterday in Pacifica, and that school's no longer there. It was a big parking lot where Cody could ride his bike and we mm. could sit on the truck and mm. watch him. But we walked around and and that that place is freaking scary. It's an mm. abandoned school. I have no idea how long it's been 
abandoned. But if you were going to say that place was this place, I was like, and scene, I'm out. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't remember what it was called then. And I could look up on the map to see what it's called now, but it's got a different name and a fresh coat of paint. And it looks all nice. Steve and I went up there a couple of years ago. We were shooting some stuff and, and we were like, oh, look at this place. They fixed it up. Crazy. It's like building the housing, you know, uh, community on top of the poltergeist ghosts, you know, (laughs) exactly. Did that make you, quote unquote, believe anymore? Or did you feel like it was like an anomaly? Like, well, again, it's it's I can't tell you what it was. Might have been nothing or maybe it was something. But all I know is it creeped me the fuck out. And I would imagine, you know, and it's like you you have a moment like that. and You go, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that was that weird thing that time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that's Chasta's life. That shit happens all the time. (laughs) That's my regular Saturday night. That's Chasta's world. Uh, (laughs) Or Chasta's underworld or something. Chasta's underworld, which feels like a weird, like, OnlyFans connotation. But (laughs) Look, we've been good the whole time this show, okay? And then I derailed it. Sorry about that. I, you know, I've hung out with you guys too long. I, and I blame it on you. I did not mean to make this whole episode about me, but it, but there really has been some weird stuff that's happened over the last five days. And so I thought, you know what? Well, well, even getting it. on this call, I don't have a camera right now. My camera just decided not to work. So you guys can't see me. And then Steve, his mic didn't work. And I was like, great. One of us is, you know, can't talk. And the other one can't see, you know, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're hopping along here. And yeah. I even had to reboot all of my system because it was giving me the wheel and I couldn't get my Zoom to start. So all three right. of us on this call where we knew we were going to talk about this stuff. All of us had problems. Yep. And yep. and and who's the one that started it all? <laughs> <laughs> By taking a dumb little picture. And I have learned my lesson to quote Steve, the great wise Steve. Chasta, <laughs> you knew better. You're right. You know I what? Know I, I, there's a part of me that really wants to see that picture, but don't send it to me. I'll just look at it on oh, your no. phone. Yeah, I, I deleted it. it. Keep it to yourself. Oh, good. Yeah, no, no, that's it. No, did I did empty? text it. I texted it to one person who was with us, but I out, out of that after that, I'm I'm done with it. Have you did checked you for them to see if they're haunted? I, get, I, I know I should. I, I should. Yeah, yeah, you haven't heard from them. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Don't, oh Lord! Sign the cross. Sign the cross. Yeah. <laughs> did Did you empty the trash can on your phone? You deleted it, but it just goes and sits in the garbage for. Oh however my God, long until Steve! It... No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I did not. Okay, that's a really good call. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm not, doing I'm that. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say why I know to do that. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say, uh, in this particular instance, you know. It, uh, oh, I do. Oh man. Oh man. You're right. I gotta. I gotta do that. I did not realize that. And now, you know what else is crazy? Um, the the American Horror Story house. You know that TV yeah, the show, murder right? house. Yeah. Yeah, that's a true story. I don't, yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. That's not made up. And we also, uh, I have pictures of the LaLaurie Mansion in my phone, too. Maybe I should delete those as well. I should probably just do a big purge. I'm, you know what? After this episode, I'm just going to do a big purge. We're going we're gonna to reboot. We're going to fresh slate. This is getting. <laughs> you're, you're a big fucking spiritual sponge. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. If we've learned anything today, that's what we've yeah. learned. <laughs> nice. All right. Good nice. times. Thank you for coming to my ghostly TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Soundwaves TMI, featuring Chasta, Dennis Willis, and uh, yours truly, Stephen Kirk. The part of the announcer was played by Kelly Ogden. Soundwaves TMI is presented in part by the Longboard Bar in Pacifica, California, a world-class music venue and neighborhood bar, all under one roof. 
So please like and subscribe to Soundwaves TMI wherever you are listening from. And please consider helping us continue our mission of lifting and supporting independent music and the Bay Area music scene by becoming a Soundwaves patron. In exchange, you'll be the first to see and hear weekly shows such as Soundwaves TV, Soundwaves FM, and the Soundwaves TMI podcast, as well as exclusive content. Just go to patreon.com slash Soundwaves TV. And for all things Soundwaves, follow us on all the social medias at Soundwaves TV or go to soundwavestv.com.